And welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, we will talk some big NFL news, some NFL news that is very up in the air uh, in terms of training camp, preseason games, fans in the stadium, etc. Uh, and then we are going to break down some position groups today, uh, wide receivers and tight ends. We're going to tell you, are we happy with those position groups? Do we need to add anything? How do we think they stack up, you know, against the rest of the league? Uh, so we're going to have some fun today. Jerry, how have you been, man? I've been good. Uh, I guess we have taken about three weeks off, you know. I've been back at work, you know, working from home, you know, have, yeah. have a little girl. So life has been busy. Yeah, I mean, you know, in this last three weeks, you know, we, had, we our last episode came out, I think, what, June 30th, and there just hasn't been a ton to talk about since no. then. I mean, just, you know, over the last week or so, some news has really sort of broken out, but not Panthers news, so to speak. Um, but let's kind of get into that. Uh, the Washington Redskins are not going to be the Washington Redskins much longer. Yeah, don't say the R word, sir. Don't say the <laughs> R word. You don't want me to be like the uh, press release that the that they sent out where it had Redskins like 19 times. Yeah, in the I, I copy. pointed that out. I was like, oh my goodness, can they be any more tone deaf on this issue? Crazy. Yeah, I, we're gonna review whether or not the Redskins' name is toxic or you know offensive, uh, uh, but then they say it over and over and over and over again. Crazy. Uh, like I said, it was a very tone deaf statement. I think it's. A positive change. I know there's a lot of old fans that you know grew up with that name and are mm-hmm. going to have a hard time changing it. But I mean, listen to the name. It it's offensive, people. It's it it's, is. There's just not a way to really deny that it's not offensive. It's definitely offensive. It's offensive to. It, it may not be offensive to you, the listener. It's not necessarily offensive to me. I'm not a Native American, but it's offensive to enough people to where you don't. You don't need. You don't have to have it, you know. No. And of course, there's going to be the people who, the snowflake culture and, you know, libtards and all that stupid stuff. But, um, I, you know, the Did, Washington fans should kind of look forward to something new, something they call their own. You know, yeah. something that's not going to have them a bunch of negative press every week. I mean, this has been going on for thirty plus years. Yeah. Uh, fans are. You know, Native Americans have been boycotting them, have been raising this issue, but it just keeps put, putting it on the back burner. And Daniel Snyder a few years ago said he would never change the name, and now he's, you know, rebutted on that because, you know, FedEx Money. and a bunch Money. of other companies came out and said, yep. you know what, we're pulling our sponsorships if you don't change. And, well, money talks, and he's going to change the names. Yeah, I, I saw Nike pulled their... Uh, all the Washington merchandise off their store, their online store. And right there I saw, I thought, ah, this is going to, if anything's going to make them change the name, this will be it. And then the next day FedEx came out and said that they were basically urging the Redskins to pull the name and would rethink their sponsorship of the stadium and all that stuff. Uh, Madden has pulled 
the Redskins name and logo from Madden 21. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you pull, get Madden 21 in a few weeks. It's not going to have any logo or name, and I guess unless they come up with one in the next couple of weeks. But Yeah, they're going to come up with one. From what I heard, rumors is they already have a name pick. They're trying to get everything sorted out. I, have you heard some of the nicknames? I know you have. I mean, I've heard several of the options. Red Tails, Warriors, uh, Americans, Senators, Generals. Which, which one have you heard that they're going with? I, I haven't known, but I heard oh, okay. Red Wolves is very popular, which I don't get what the Red Wolves mean. I mean, it's a wolf. Why is it? You know, I don't like that. I like Red Tails. I um, like Red Tails. It works on a lot of different levels. I heard um, Red Pandas once, and I just thought that was hilarious, the red little pandas Red Pandas. Look, <laughs> that immediately is now my favorite. <laughs> Renegades. I mean, red Wolves, red Wolves is a cool name. I don't know what it has to do with Washington, D.C. Um <laughs> It's oh, a no. cool name, yeah. but uh, yeah, Renegades, I don't think they'd go Renegades. I think um, you could go a couple easy routes with calling them the Warriors, changing the logo back to the Spear. Mm-hmm. I think that would be a simple way to, for them to change it. I don't think they will. I think they're going to try to really distance themselves from the Native American name. I really well, like Red Tails with the old, yeah. like, old style plane and stuff. There's some yeah. really creative mock-ups, fan mock-ups for that name. And Red Tails is cool. Just, you know, it honors the Tuxedi Airmen from World mm-hmm. War Two. you know, the uh, an all African-American uh, group, uh, you know, flight group. Um, so that works on a lot of different levels. If, you know, they want to go from a degrading name to uh, a name that sort of puts a positive spotlight on a group of people, uh, especially, you know, right now with, the whole race culture uh, really being upended. Um, that might be interesting. The Warriors is, I guess, Mark is it Marquette or there? There was a college that had to change their name from the Warriors several years back because that was looked at as offensive to Native Americans. So hmm. I don't know if they'd want to go Warriors. Um, I didn't Golden know that. State Warriors, you know, are, seem to be doing fine. So. Yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think you know th- we're not going to get into it, but there's like a trademark issue with some of the names that, that they'll have to work out so they may go completely off script and choose something you know random uh, <laughs> you know the dc monuments I, or something something odd well i mean daniel snyder could follow bob johnson's lead and just call them the washington snyders i, I like the washington dandies <laughs> i mean that's <laughs> if snyder's snyder still the owner i guess after the news broke yeah more news, you know, uh, Sports Illustrated had a an expose come out that detailed 15 women uh, claiming sexual harassment from all over the front office of the Redskins mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, I don't know if it went all, as high as the GM, but some of their scouts, uh, their, like their radio guy, um, several just high people within the organization. Nothing against Dan Snyder himself. Mm-mm. So I think Dan Snyder will probably remain in control of the team. But you have to wonder if FedEx is going to go to the lengths of saying we're not going to have our name on the stadium because we are against the name Redskins because it's offensive to Native Americans. Would they do the same thing if Dan Snyder continues to own the team and he let this sexual harassment run roughshod all over the organization? 
Well, we ha- we've had something similar here in Carolina with Jerry right. Richardson. But the thing is, with Jerry Richardson, it was him. It wasn't everybody else. And there's no exactly. reports that he knew. There, if you find out he knew and he was covering it up, then absolutely. Yeah. If he was the one signing NDAs and everything to make sure that this didn't leak out, then yes, absolutely. He needs to be punished. He needs to be out of the league. That's the way I feel. I agree. Uh, and I've heard some people say that, you know, how could he not know? It, it was so pervasive, so high up uh, in the organization that if you're any sort of boss, you see things, you know, you see things happening, you hear reports of things. Um, how could he not know? I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how hands, I know Daniel Snyder has a reputation of being a pretty hands-on boss when it comes to the football side of things um, in terms of, you know, hirings and firings and, yeah, they don't have a president of football operations. They don't really even have a GM right now. So I know he's probably taking a more hands-on approach to some of that stuff. But, but do you think he's like walking he's around the locker room and the building with the other guys? Or is he just calling people up for meetings? I don't know. I yeah, mean, I don't, that... I don't know. I mean, if he's anything like David Tepper, you know, David Tepper's in the building all the time now. He's yeah. all over the place. Jerry Richardson, it sounds like, was in the building all the time. Um. And Dan Snyder, I don't know. I mean, I mean I'm, I'm just not sure. Um, but it sounds like Ron Rivera, poor Ron Rivera, you know, he's having to take a lot of the brunt of this, you know, responding to the media. Um, you know, he, he's basically the guy that they brought in to change the culture there. It sounds like he's got a pretty big job ahead of him. Yeah, he got smacked with some bad culture once he got there. Uh but they're lucky that they do have Ron Rivera. He's been through, as sad as this is, he's been through this before. Right. And from all accounts, the players like him. I could, I still believe he could change the culture in that locker room. I agree. Um, I think, I think they're going to be terrible this year. I think they're they'll have the number one pick in the draft next year. Uh, it's going to take some time for him to get where he wants to go, but I think he's going to have that time. He's definitely getting thrown into the fire. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, that's that's kind of the major news that came out over the uh, you know last week or so, week and a half. Uh, but there has been some other news, uh, you know, especially today we've seen a lot of Sunday. Tw- today Sunday, sorry, uh, we've seen a lot of tweets come out from highly paid NFL players who are pretty dissatisfied with how the NFL is going to conduct the COVID testing and there's no real plan in place in terms of what's going to happen if someone tests positive. Well, this um, all kind of stemmed from Friday. Friday, the owners had a meeting and mm-hmm. out of that meeting on Saturday, it was released that training camp was going to happen. Rookies were going to report July 21st, quarterbacks mm-hmm. and injured players July 23rd, and all other players will report July 28th across the board. Every team. As, as scheduled Mm-hmm. They weren't you following know, the medical advice ago. of, I think it's 21 days in quarantine before they do the groups. It was, right. I mean, that's, this is Tuesday. So this is the thing is the NFL hired these experts to come in and give them these recommendations. And they completely ignored the recommendations of the experts that they hired to bring in to tell them how to, how to do it. Money. I just noticed that you're wearing a Pikachu shirt, by the way. Nice shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but yeah, it is. And it is, you know, you say money. Uh, it is the highly paid players here that seem to be the most 
upset with this, at least the ones that are the most vocal, because another thing that came out was the NFL is pushing massive salary cuts if the season is canceled or if a portion of the season is canceled. Uh, and these highly paid players are going to be the most affected if you know there are lost wages. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to be disproportionately affected because they make a disproportional amount of the salary. Yeah. Now, speaking of lost wages, they did come out and say that if anybody con- uh, contracts COVID, that mm-hmm. they get placed on a special IR for three weeks. They will be paid, so they won't be mm-hmm. losing money. But, I mean, again, some of the lower guys... You never know how that's going to really work out, you know. Yeah, another interesting thing I read today or yesterday um, was that if you're an undrafted free agent, you can opt out of the season and the NFL will give you $150,000. Now, now this is true for any any player, right? Any player can opt out of the season and they get $150,000 from the NFL. So an undrafted free agent comes in, you know, he's got no guarantee that he's going to make the roster. Mm-mm. Even if he does make the roster, you know, how many weeks is he going to be there? Is he ever going to make $150,000? So you might see a lot of these guys that are, you know, sixth or seventh quarterbacks, you know, that are just hoping to make the practice squad or something, just op- completely opt out of the season and take their nice big fat paycheck and go home. Yeah. I'm going to work out, and I'll come back next year when things are sorted. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't blame them. No. Nah. Um, now, speaking of COVID, the Panthers have come out and said that their stadium will only have 20,000 fans in attendance because the NFL said it was up to each team how they wanted to do their stadiums. And that's what the Panthers have come out and said and notified their PSLs. Yeah, uh, I know they're, I don't have PSLs, so I haven't you know, read the letter that was sent to all PSL owners. But from what I understand, it gives them the option to opt out of the season if they want to with no penalty. They don't have to buy any tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there are more than 20,000 PSL owners. Yeah, they're so, not even guaranteed their yeah. their PSL, their seats. So Yeah, so they're going to have to do some sort of rotation or schedule, I guess, for these people to, to actually get their tickets if they want to go. But I, I don't know. Do you think there's 20,000 people that want to go? I don't know. I I would be, if I was going, I'd be nervous. I wasn't planning on going with all this going on right now. Yeah, I mean, well, you and I are in a little different situation. We've got young children, you know, who we don't want, to, to you know, anything negative to happen to them. Um, and our wives, you know, you know, we, we're, and plus we're taking it very seriously. Um, but I will say that, you know, the uh, NASCAR had their all-star race last Wednesday and they had it in Bristol, Tennessee, and they allowed, I think it was 30,000 fans and they mm-hmm. sold it out. There were fans all over that place, uh, or 30 or 40,000, um, and they completely sold it out. So maybe there are, maybe that, you know, if they allow 20,000 fans, they'll probably get 20,000 fans every week. Yeah. I mean... And if you're a season ticket holder, honestly, skipping this season may not be the worst idea. <laughs> not a bad idea, really. I mean, this and, is definitely you know, a rebuilding year. Yeah. And, and, you know, one of the bad things about 
being a season ticket holder is that you have to pay full price for preseason games. Uh, well, mm-hmm. well, this year, you're not going to have to pay for four preseason games. You might not have to pay for any preseason games. When you were talking about how uh, once they right now, announced this, the NFL has the said they want two preseason today games. On Sunday, the NFL PA, Players Association, is pushing for all no preseason games. Of them. Uh, that's going to be this one from Shaq Thompson I really like because it kind of gave like more descriptions of the let us play. Uh, the NFL needs to create a safe environment for us to play. We shouldn't have to risk our health in our families. And then he did a screenshot of kind of what they're saying. Uh, I'm going to run down this list. So it's a little lengthy, so bear with me. We want to play. We want to be sa- as safe as possible. The NFL can mandate that players show up to training camp regardless if any agreement has been reached between the NFL and NFLPA. We still have not been granted the full and proper training camp acclimation period necessary as recommended by the medical and training staffs. We still do not know if there will be daily testing, every other day testing, or how it is. Uh, We still do not know if there will be preseason games or not. So... What we just discussed about two, it, they don't think that any are. Uh, we still do not know how a positive COVID test will be handled in regards to other close contacts in the huddle directly engaged with other players. A strong and fair opt-out clause for those at higher risk or those with family members at higher risk has still not been agreed upon. If players do not show up on time, they can be fined or considered in breach of contract, even if health and safety protocols have not been agreed upon or infectious disease emergency response plans have been approved. Hmm. Again, we want to play. That's crazy, that last point, because Mm -hmm. both the NBA and MLB, which are about to start back up, have basically told their players that if they want to opt out, they can opt out, no penalty. Yeah. They can I, opt out of the season. And the NFL's had the most time to really kind of work on an idea, and it seems like they they've have. thrown this all together in the past week or two instead of they've actually known, having a plan. <laughs> they've known about this the entire offseason. Yeah. Literally from February when, you know, the first cases started being, um, you know, getting here in the United States, you know, that's right after the Super Bowl. I mean, they've had this entire time, and they still don't have a, a solid plan. They should be the most prepared of anyone. College football is the same way. I can't. I don't think college football is going to happen at all. I don't either. I don't see how it can. In college I, football, you know, they get most of their money from the fans, from ticket sales. So, I mean, these universities are going to be in trouble. Yeah, of course, I, you pay your coaches, you know, $10 million a year, then maybe you should be in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, college college football is not happening. If it does happen, I think it'll be very uh, shrunken down. I think it's going to be only conference games. Yeah, it's going to be weird. This this whole year is going to be strange, uh, especially for college football. I mean, if you had to guess, would you say that we're going to have any preseason games in no. the NFL? No. Do you think the season is going to start on time? No. I think what's going to happen is, uh, I hate saying this, but a lot of the NFL players are probably young and haven't been told no much in their lives. And I think what's going to happen is this is all going to happen. A lot of the younger, you know, guys, you know, freshly millionaires are still going to go out and party, going to get tested, get COVID, and they passed it like to two, three other players who passed it to two, three other players. 
Uh, like that Utah Jazz guy that yeah. did it. He was the first one, and he gave it to quite a few of the players there. I could see that kind of happening, going through a, a team, you know, by the end of it, 20-something players test positive on our team. Yeah, I mean, what do you even do? What if your entire quarterback room gets it, you know? But what if Teddy Greer and P.J. Walker all test positive? I've heard a lot of teams are implementing, like, separation between the quarterbacks as a way of doing that. Like, I'm working from home, so, you know, my team, we all remote in and talk to each other that way. I've heard that's what they're going to do because they want them separated from each other because of that circumstance. Yeah, but that presents a whole other slate of problems. You know, mm-hmm. if if Will Greer and P.J. Walker are doing that and Teddy Bridgewater is the only one actually act out, act out practicing with the team, then, T, you know, Teddy goes down, Greer has no reps with these guys. You no, know? You're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be... But again, you know, you're saying that you're hearing teams are doing this. Why isn't this something that the NFL has figured out why isn't this why isn't there a protocol for this to keep the most amount of players healthy so that you have a competitive you know games out there week in week out you have games at all week in week out at there i personally am shocked i i am shocked that roger goodell and the nfl has not created a better system it seems I, I am just shocked i was just expecting them to already have everything hammered out by the now yeah Usually the NFL is very prepared. They're very on the ball. I'm just shocked they dropped this. It's crazy, and it's you know the NFL is gonna was always gonna be harder to do than like basketball. You know basketball especially they're they're in one city right now. Everybody's relegated to hotel rooms. They're testing them. They have they have to pass like three or four you know negative tests the players before they can even practice. Anybody else that's there, like reporters or anything like that, they have to pass seven negative tests before they can even be seen with another player. Otherwise, they're staying in their hotel rooms. So this is it's easy to do for the NBA. I mean, it's not easy, but it's doable for the NBA, right? Baseball is going to do, they're going to be in their own stadiums, but they've severely changed the schedule to where they're only playing their divisions and then they're playing like three or four games out of division. Um, but there's only what 25 players on an MLB roster. Mm-hmm. You know, there's 53 active players on an NFL roster, and probably then like they're, 12 they're actually, coaches and yeah, there's trainers. There's tons of coaches. And... There's trainers. Then there's the practice squad guys. Then there's the scout team. Then there's and then there are families because you can't yeah. you can't put them in a hotel and seclude exactly. them for four or five months. And they're gonna be flying cross country. The mm-hmm. schedule didn't changed because of this the schedule you know the panthers still play several cross-country games this year i think they did cancel the london games um but i mean london wouldn't have them at this point yeah yeah uh, so i think that they are going to do everything they can to start on time money i don't know if, i don't know if the season finishes i don't know if they finish the season yeah, I, I don't even. I don't think we're even gonna get to that that point. I think it's gonna. I think we're we're gonna struggle to get the season started. I think it's 
they're because it doesn't seem like they're well prepared, and I think that's gonna bite them in the rear end. Yeah, it could. I mean, the Panthers' uh, first regular season game is September thirteenth, mm-hmm. and that's less than two months here. away. Uh, hold on. And a weird song playing through the Panthers website. Um, but yeah, the and week three, the Panthers fly to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, um, week seven, they fly to Los, uh, to uh, New Orleans. Week nine, they fly to Kansas City. Week uh, 12, they fly to Minnesota. So, you know, week 15, Green Bay. They're all over the place. They're all over the country. Yeah. And that's so, every NFL team. So I have film we can talk about this for on and on and on. But do you actually want to talk about positively that the training camp's going to happen and what we're looking forward towards? I want to talk about one more thing first. Okay. I hope that they do one preseason game, and I hope that it's against the Patriots. Because we are supposed to play the Patriots this preseason. Week wow. two, the 20th of August, was supposed to be Panthers-Patriots in New England. And you would have to think that if Cam's going to start for the Patriots and they only play one preseason game, that they're going to have him out there, at least for a series. I, I, think I just want to see, could... see, yeah, see Cam. I get you. I just don't think they're going to do week two. I think they're going to do week four if they do one. Week three. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, week. Uh, well, uh, yeah, you're probably right. They probably would do week four. Mm-hmm. They'd do the, the week before the season starts. But that would have been um, fun and interesting. It would have been cool. That, and we don't play the Patriots any, you know, this uh, season otherwise. So, you know, unless we happen to make it to the Super Bowl, I guess. But, mm-hmm. um, Anyway, so all right. Now, how about we? Take, how about before we before we go to uh, our fun stuff? Let's take a quick break. Okay. All right, and we'll be right back. Is your life going great? Are you on top of the world and don't know what to do next? Try Antonio Brown's crazy pills. Just one pill a day will help you destroy your career, get in trouble with the law, and from all reports, make you batshit crazy. Throwing furniture off a high-rise building into a populated public pool seems crazy, but not on Antonio Brown's Crazy Pills. It's called Tuesday. So try them now and never work a day again in your life. Found at no reputable stores near you. And we are back. All right, so we're going to talk about the training camp. We'll, uh, we'll go into a couple of positions in specificity. But uh, first, we're going to do kind of an overall training camp uh, chat. And this is, we're just going to assume for this conversation that training camp is going to happen as normal. Um, it's almost certainly not, but that's, you know, how can we have a conversation otherwise? So yeah. <laughs> uh, we're just going to assume that this is, you know, training camp is going to start, uh, what, next week, right? I mean, rookies report Monday or Tuesday. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, within the next couple of weeks, things are supposed to start kicking off hardcore. So, um, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, one thing I'm very looking forward to um, is Joe Brady's offense. The Panthers have really never had like an offensive guru. Mike Shula had one great year here, but other than that, he was very much of a lame duck coordinator, mm-hmm. and we never got to really see Norv Tur- Turner's offense really get going because of Cam's injuries. So I'm kind of really excited what Joe Brady did for LSU because that 
the LSU offense was pretty bad before he got there, and then once he got there, they they lit up. And I'm just so excited to see what hap- what Joe Brady can make happen for how many weapons the Panthers have. Yeah, um, I, I'm going to go on the other side of the ball. Uh, Phil Snow, you know, we have some pretty major concerns about this defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm hoping, I don't know if Phil Snow is the guy long term, um, but I'm hoping he can come in and, you know, find these hidden gems, you know, especially in the secondary and just turn this into something that is at least league average, because I do think our offense could be pretty special. Um, so if we have a kind of a, at least a league average defense, then we could surprise some people. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's some players specifically that I'm looking forward to on defense that I know we'll get to, but uh, that that's my, probably the thing that I'm looking forward to the most is just seeing how this defense comes together. Uh, particularly the defensive line, I think could be pretty special. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that defensive line can be very special if Derek Brown, you know, shows up and is a baller right away. Um, yeah. Actually, part my biggest question for training camp, I listed as who will step up and lead this defense with Luke Keekley gone, Thomas Davis gone. I mean, those are two huge holes gone. Uh, Eric Reed was kind of a leader the year mm-hmm. before, and he's gone. So. Who else? Julius Pepper gone. So it's it, a young team overall. I mean, it's a it's I think the youngest team in the league overall. Um, so I mean, you have to think Shaq, right? I mean, he's the high, highest paid defensive player we have. I think Shaq, uh, maybe KK Shore or Trey Boston. Uh, those are the guys. Trey Boston, yeah. I mean, he's he's definitely got seniority here. Um, I guess Ty here Whitehead, even though he's. N- First year yeah, here, I, but I think he's just a one and done guy here. I, I wouldn't expect that from him. Um, I think it's got to be Shaq. I mean, that's the position, right? He's going to have the microphone in his he- helmet or the uh, you know speaker in his helmet. Um, and he's, he's getting paid. Out. Yeah, he's the guy. He's the guy. So I, I think that's got to be him. But I think I, certainly Trey Boston is going to come in and um, and carry some of that load too. Now, what, what, what's our next category that we want to talk about here? Well, every year there's kind of that sh- player that shines in training camp and everybody talks about how great of a year he's going to have or, you know, wow. Who do you... Wow. you d- Devin just, Funchess is going to be amazing this year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> we heard that every year. Hey, I was going to say, I'm not going to knock it. It, it. it happens every year, but yeah. who, who do you have? So is this who I think is actually going to have a great year, or who I think that guy is going to be that is in training camp? In training, in training camp. Okay. okay. Do you remember that one guy from uh, Northern Iowa, white running back? I can't think of his name right now. Brandon Weger. Oh yeah, I remember him. That how he blew up on that one preseason. Who's that guy? Okay, so I think. I think the guy that everybody's going to be talking about in training camp is going to be Ian Thomas. Mm, I, I think it think is going to be exactly that scenario that he is not going to live up to the hype at all in the regular season. But I think everyone's going to be blown away with his speed. He's going to be running great routes. He's going to be catching everything that's thrown at him. But when the lights come on and the, nas- the bro- games are nationally broadcast, he's going to be the Ian Thomas that we all know. I, see, That's my guy. you say all know. No one knows. He hasn't really <laughs> I know. played. 
I know. <laughs> I I think it's going to be Curtis Samuel again. I think last year it was, and I think this year it's going to be. Yeah, the guy is electric in open field. Yeah. So I think that's that's a yeah that's an easy one. I mean he's. Uh, I hope he is. I mean I hope he's uh, actually going to be great. I mean. I, I we need too. him. We need and him badly. I actually thought about putting him here too. A player who needs to really show out, you know, really improve his stock with this team. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'd say Curtis Samuel, but why don't you go ahead and... and uh, I'm saying let's Greg... Give Curtis, let's give Curtis Samuel, like, a, an honorable mention here because he definitely needs to. But yeah. who's your guy? I said Greg Little. Cause oh, okay, yeah. If we went out and got uh, a left tackle in a trade... That shows how much this team really valued him. And we moved up in the second round. I could easily see if he doesn't show up, especially in training camp, he could start following down that line, especially with Dennis Daly playing pretty good last year. Yeah, I think this one, this one to me is obvious. It's Dante Jackson. See, um, I think that's for the season because I think Dante's got his starter role right away. I don't think he does. And I'll get and I'll get to it when we talk about rookies, but there's going to be a lot of competition, okay, uh, on the on the line, and he has not proven much, even though, funnily enough, he does have a higher Madden rating than James Bradbury. Oh yeah, that was, <laughs> which is weird, and I completely disagree with. But yes. uh, I think he's I think he's a guy that needs to solidify his starting spot and really make it known that he has come in this year to earn a new contract and to work. I agree. And he's probably going to be the guy that I say during the season or for the season, who needs to show up or get out of Carolina. It's going to be him. Yeah. Um, yeah. My last little thing is what rookie is going to be the one that kind of everybody have, will be talking about during training camp. So, this leads right into that conversation that we were talking about with, with Dante Jackson. I, I got two guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the one that's going to be, that's going to push Dante Jackson is going to be Tony pride jr. Mm. That our rookie out of, was it Notre Dame? I yeah. think. Um, I don't know, man. I just have a feeling that he, I feel like he fell in the draft a little bit. We got a really good player where we got him. What was he? Fourth round pick, I mm-hmm. think. Um, I think he's just going to be, I think he's going to be the guy. I think he's going to push Dante Jackson. I think he might actually push, push Dante Jackson out of Carolina. Or Eli. Eli Apple. I actually think Eli Apple is going to have an okay season here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I could see that. I could see that too. I, I mean, I think Tony Pride is going to push for a starting position. I'll say that. I think it's going to be Jeremy Chin. I think his athletic ability, people are going to be talking about just, oh my goodness, how did he make this crazy play? He was here and then he made a, a spectacular interception or he would have lit this guy up. Just, I think he's an athletic freak and it's going to really jump out in training camp when they're wearing shorts. I think you're, I think that's easy. I mean, he's slated in as a starter already. Um, I didn't even I didn't even want to go for that low hanging fruit, but good job, good job. I didn't realize he was slated <laughs> as a starter already. Yeah, he's he's uh, slated as a starter at strong safety. So, hmm. um, but yeah, I no, I completely agree with you. I think I think Jeremy Chen is going to be a star. I think he's going to be. I think in a couple of years he's going to be that guy that's the leader of the team. 
Yeah. I think he's just going to, he's got that, uh, that star quality about him. Yeah. I don't know that he stays at strong safety either. I think he could morph into uh, more of a linebacker role. Kind of like uh, Thomas Davis did. Exactly like Thomas Davis, yeah. yeah so, yeah. I I agree. I think he's going to be a stud. And I just think he's easily going to be shining out in training camp, and we're going to hear a lot about him, how athletically freakish he is. Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is We didn't talk about this prior, but I just thought about it. Who's the surprise cut? Who's the guy that you don't think about is going to be <sighs> cut from this team, but ends up not making the roster. You're going to have to cut some seconds out of this because I'm sitting here <laughs> looking through it. That's fine. That's fine. I don't I, I want to say I got, I got two. I want to say somebody, but you may not think it's going to be a big name. I was going to say Jordan Scarlett. We drafted him last year. And no, you're gonna have to do better than that. Uh, you have to do better than that. Corn Elder's gone. There's just, there's just no one that I see that's gonna be a decent size. Tyler Larson isn't gonna be a big name. No, I tell you who I thought I thought about was Matt Paradis, uh, just because he was so bad last year. But I he's thought, got a big he's got a big dead cap number. So that's exactly why I can't say him. I mean, I, I'll tell you the answer, Jerry. Go, who? It's very easy. Who? It's very easy. This guy should have been gone uh, a long time ago because the future is here. The future is now. The future oh. is Jer- Joey Sly. Graham Gano is gone. <laughs> Get him out of here. He's gone. Pack his bags. I'll drive him to the airport. He's gone. <laughs> I should have known. I'm like scrolling through the roster. I'm like, we don't have oh. any big. Because uh, I, I agree. I looked at Paradis because he didn't really have a good season. But then again, there's not much depth behind him, and he carries a large cap. Yeah, I mean Dante Jackson is also a possibility here, even though he doesn't make that much money. I think if he and Matt Rule butt heads, or he and Phil Snow butt heads. He could easily be a character cut. Now, I was going to hold off till we go over cornerbacks later on, but there's been other players who've cut corners and stuff and safeties come out and just diss Perry Fuel, saying that he was oh, yeah. not a good coach and he butted head with a lot of the players last year. So in the year before, Dante didn't have that bad of a year. He still had his issues, but... So I'm kind of curious if maybe it was partly coaching last year that Roy threw him off the rails. It could be. I mean, we saw how bad of a coach Perry Fuel was when he actually took over as head coach. I mean, nobody likes the guy. No, the team gave up, and you could easily yeah. see it. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. So let's well, go over the most glamorous position on our roster, tight end. Nose tackle. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's run through tight end quickly because there's not a ton to talk about here. Um, I've made my feelings known on the guy penciled in as starter right now, and that's Ian Thomas. You could probably go ahead and put him in permanent marker because the guys behind him, I mean, Chris Manhurts is a blocker. He's fine. Yeah, he's a good player. He's a blocker. I mean, he's a good um, guy to have on your roster, not to start. Sure. Yeah, I, I like Chris Manhurts. Mm-hmm. He's not going to go out and, and catch a thousand yards. Um, 
Tameric Hemingway is listed as third on the depth chart. Colin Thompson, Giovanni Ricci, and Cam Sutton. I think those were both mm-hmm. undrafted free agents. I um, think Cam or Sutton, undrafted rookies. Sorry. From what I've read, I think Cam Sutton may be able to make this roster or make some flashy plays in you know training camp to get people looking. He's a little smaller guy. He's Cam Sutton is six. Six six, 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 but two twenty five. So he's more like yeah. a receiver type of build. But right. I think that could benefit him at a tight end position. Obviously not blocking, but yeah. going to get some linebackers. Yeah, I mean, you know, my I've made my position clear here. I think we should have addressed this position either in free agency or the draft. Um, there wasn't a wasn't a ton of guys out in free agency that we could have gone and gotten, uh, but there were a few. I was really hoping that we would have made a trade for um, who's the Tampa Bay tight end? OJ Howard. OJ Howard. I was really hoping that we'd have made a trade for him, and we still could. Um, but <sighs> Ian Thomas is not the guy, man. He's just not the guy. You gotta wait and I see. I know you like him. I do. I know you like him. I, first of all, he was raw coming out of college. Now he's been seasoned underneath Greg Olson. And we'll see what he has. And that's why you draft a guy like this. And that this is a rebuilding year. What's the point of getting this young athletic kid and have him learn if you're not going to let him see what he can actually do? He looked pretty decent when he did start. When Greg Olson was injured. What, in 2018? Yeah. Because last year he did nothing. Yeah, because he never played because Greg Olson is here. You don't... He's not... Had, I mean, we've had the conversation. He was... He was. He had a couple of nice catches in 2018, but he did nothing flashy. I don't even think he had a, a game where he had more than, like, 50 yards receiving. I that's what... He had one game where he had 77 yards receiving, but no touchdowns. And that was not... Oh, yeah, that was his big game. Nine receptions, 77 yards. That's where we all thought, all right, maybe there's something here. And he's a, he was game, a he raw rookie at that point. You, you, we have to see what he has. That's what I'm saying. I don't think that's we fine. Need- I mean, here, let me just as a discussion point. Mm-hmm. Week 13 of 2018. That's when Greg Olson was hurt, right? He comes in, nine catches, 77 yards. The next game, two catches, 14 yards, and then he finishes out fairly strong. Week 15, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. Week 16. Uh, five catches, 61 yards, and a touchdown. And we're thinking, okay, you know, he's, you know, three of his last four weeks were pretty good, right? Well, then he goes into 2019 and he does nothing. And he has 16 catches for 136 yards for the whole season. But he's sitting behind Greg Olson. You don't. He started three games. Did he really? He oh, started three games in 2019. Yeah. I still would like to see what he has. I don't think we need to go trade for anybody. I don't. I honestly don't even know if Joe Brady's going to really use the tight end that much either. I don't either. And and that's another thing is we don't know what Joe Brady's offense is really going to look like here yet. Nope. Um, you know, you can look at the Saints and get some idea, but I mean, the Saints are run by Sean Payton. Like, that's Sean Payton's offense. Yeah. Joe Brady's offense is not going to be the same as that. And then LSU, I mean, that, that was just, I mean, they had playmakers all over the field, which, you know, we have here, but it's in the NFL, and you're not going to be able to do the same things that you can no. do in college. So, open in and, the NFL, and, and the quarterback's isn't... different. Yeah. You know, this is this is not Joe Burrow that we have at quarterback here. It's Teddy Bridgewater. 
So, and he's a huge question mark. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, tight end wise, I can see your point. Let's just roll with what we have. This is a rebuilding year. We're not going to win a ton of games anyway. Let's see what Ian Thomas has. Um, but if you want to win the most games possible, then I think that's a an easy position that we could upgrade or should have upgraded. Um, now let's move on to wide receiver because tight ends aren't as much fun to talk about besides us arguing about yeah. Ian Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> so I think easily our number one receiver, DJ Moore. Any questions? No. Um I like DJ Moore. I think he's going to have a, a fine season. I, I, I'm not. I wouldn't put him in the top five wide receivers in the league or anything, oh, no. which I think some Panthers fans think he already is. Um, I DJ I Moore will to be me, interesting. Interested if he takes another step. Last year he took another step. He became that number one guy. I'll be interested if he becomes that number one guy that other teams are starting to get scared of. Yeah. Right now he's Brandon Cooks to me. Like he's. You know, 95 catches, 1,100 yards, five touchdowns. That's what he is to me right now. Uh, I hope he's better than that. I hope, you know, I hope he takes that, like you said, I hope he takes that next step and he becomes Steve Smith. I mean, he becomes, you know, uh, 105 catches, 1,400 yards, and eight touchdowns. That's what I want from him. I mean, before before he got injured, he was like a top three receiver in the league. Grant, with Kyle Allen throwing to him. No, he wasn't. He wasn't a top three receiver mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah. What, what week was that? that was, when did he get injured? Because, yeah, he was, uh, oh, man, he was like second or third in the league in receiving yards. He doesn't get touchdowns. Is my That's my issue with him. Touchdowns will come. I mean, that's just when you get thrown the ball, touchdowns will come. He had, let's see. There was a four-week stretch where he was pretty awesome last year. He didn't have his first 100-yard game last year until week eight. But week eight, he went seven for 101. Week nine, nine for 120. Week 10, eight for 95. And then week 11, six for 126 and two touchdowns. Those were the only two touchdowns he had that whole uh, eight, uh, you know, four-week stretch there. But that's as good as you'll find. I mean, that's a great... That's a great stretch. Yeah. I I, I just, I'm excited to see if he takes the next step. Like I said, he had 1,100 yards last year, 87 catches. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, a great almost 1,200 season. yards, 1,175. So I'm, I'm hoping that next year he does another, you know, step and he, he gets to, you know, 12, 1,300 yards and yeah, touchdowns were only at four, but like I said, eventually those will come, I think. I hope so. I mean, they never really seem to come for Julio Jones, and he's considered, you know, one of, if not the best wide receiver in the league. So I hope, I mean, I hope we can count on DJ, like, in the red zone. Um, but I guess if he if he becomes Julio Jones, I can't complain about that, right? <laughs> if he becomes Julio <laughs> like, Jones. Okay. <laughs> first of all, I don't think he's the same type of player, but. He's not. He's. Not, I'm saying production-wise, but um, one thing that, that he did a little less of last year that I really liked from him in 2018, uh, was rushing. I was kind of thinking that they kind uh, of abandoned that for a while. Yeah, well, he was like the top rushing wide receiver uh, in 2018. He had 172 rushing yards last year. Only had 40. So they definitely went away from that. But he's got that in his skill set. Yeah. So 
All right, let's move on to the number two guy. This, I think, is going to be the position battle. I think it's up between Robbie Anderson and Curtis Samuel. So let me tell you who the Panthers have at as their, at their depth, depth chart right now. They have DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson as the starting wide receivers, and then Curtis Samuel as a starting slot wide receiver. And I think that's how it's going to end up. I think I'd love to see that. Curtis Samuel is a perfect slot wide receiver. I think Robbie Anderson has rules ear. I think he knows what he gets from Robbie Anderson. And I think, and Robbie Anderson's proved it in his league. He's a decent number two type of guy. You know, get you seven, eight hundred yards, break the top off the defense type of guy. So I have no problems with that. And I think he does win out, but I think Curtis Samuel is going to make it a lot more interesting than a lot of people think. And I think Samuel will be able to be that slot, you know, end around type of guy too. Now here's the thing: like if if we're starting three wide receivers and Curtis Samuel's our slot guy, then we're in pretty good shape. Mm-hmm. Um, Robbie Anderson's not going to be your slot guy. He's much better on the outside. He's a burner. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's Ted Ginn. You know, we hope that he's the best version of Ted Ginn that the Panthers had, right? where he's just taking the top off the defense. He's scoring seven, eight touchdowns. Um, he's getting us a few deep touchdown passes. Now the question is, is can Teddy get him the ball? Yeah. Does Teddy have the arm strength to get it down the field to him? Um, so I hope that's the case. But, uh, I mean, what do you expect from Robbie Anderson this year? I mean, you said seven, 800 yards. Is that kind of what you're thinking? He's just going to be a, just a really solid number two? Uh, yeah. Do you think he has a chance at taking over the number one no. job? No, I think yeah. DJ Moore's got that. I think DJ Moore could be something special. Uh, right now, I think he's a solid starting receiver, but I think he could become something special. I think Robbie Anderson is a good number two. Yeah, I said seven, eight hundred yards. He may have a breakout year with, if the defense is bad, just because we're going to be passing all the time, playing catch up. Maybe break a thousand, but not much more than that. Yeah, his best season, Robbie Anderson, uh, was 2017. That was his second year in the league. He had 63 catches for 941 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, but since then, 752, 779, uh, five and six touchdowns. So, you know, he's right there as exactly what you said, 700, 800 yards. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'd be happy with that. I mean, if he gets 750 yards and six touchdowns for us, I'm I'm thrilled. That's better production than, than Samuel has given us in the last couple of years. So. Yeah, and Samuel again going in the slot. We're going to talk about him now. I think him having the other guys around him will help him out. Especially, it'll free him up. I mean, last year he gave us four, 54 catches, 627 yards, and there for a while, there's there's highlight reels of wide open Curtis Samuel look like this. And Kyle Allen and Will Greer just overthrowing him. But it would have been like five, six touchdowns if the quarterback could get him the ball at yeah, all. Yeah, wasn't there, there – there was a point last year, maybe midway through the season, maybe a little past midway through the season, where wasn't he the guy leading the league in – Separation like, yards. Separation yards, yeah. Um, so that would be – I mean, if Teddy can get him the ball, because he's, he's a guy that you can get the ball to, you know – fairly close to the line of scrimmage and make a lot of things happen. So he and DJ Moore are both like that. So And, and Kurt, people fail to realize you called Robbie Anderson a burner. Curtis Samuel is a burner too. He had yeah. uh, like a 4-3 even 40 time yeah. in yeah. coming out of 
uh, college. He would have had the fastest time that year, but that was the year John Ross broke the record. And he actually ran, I think, one or two steps after he broke that record when he ran to 4-3 flat. So everybody was still talking about the record being broken, and nobody actually remembered him. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Anderson's 6'3", and Curtis Samuel's 5'11", so I, I think Robbie Anderson, you know, we talked about kind of being that outside guy uh, with his size and speed combination that he has is the way to go. But I think Curtis Samuel, I mean, he's, he's I think, the prototypical perfect slot receiver. Um, mm-hmm. And as fast as he actually is, is just going to make him even better. He's just got to catch the ball. He's got to have great hands. Yeah, and hopefully he gets schemed open. And Teddy Bridgewater yeah. could get in the ball. Now well, that's what Joe Brady's here for, right? Is his scheme and you know outsmarting everybody else. So now I want to skip the m- number four receiver because I have no, I have a couple ideas, but I want to go to Pharaoh Cooper. Pharaoh Cooper, okay. we just brought in. He's making the roster. He's going to be our return guy. He may have a chance to play fourth or fifth receiver, but. More or less, this guy is going to be our return man. He's making the roster. Don't think anything much more of that. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to say, you know, before we get into these other guys, that even though the first three guys we talked about, Moore, Anderson, and Samuel, are solid guys, and, you know, you look at that and you say, all right, this is a really good group of receivers, maybe the best group of receivers that the Panthers have had in a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, there's not much. No, and There's I was kind of sad we did we didn't keep Jarius right because I think this would be a perfect spot. We would have some serious depth if you had Jarius right as your number four guy. And yeah. any DJ Moore, Anderson, or Samuel go down. I mean, Pharaoh Cooper, you know, Seth Roberts or DeAndre White are the those are the guys behind them. So and and, and Brandon Solstra. I mean, he saw Solstra, the- yeah, who. You know, is basically uh, uh, who's the one, who's the white kid that we could, just couldn't get rid of for years and years and years. Um, ah. Flowing locks. I can't think of his yeah. name. Yeah, terrible return man. Burson. Burson. Brenton Burson. No, yeah. Brandon Zilstra is Brenton Burson. I think Zilstra is a little bit different. Uh, he's a bigger guy. I think he could actually play a little bit. I don't. And this is again bottom of the roster play. I don't think he's he's scratching the starting role ever. Even though I think he did start some reason due to injuries and stuff like that. A, he had yeah he had a start. I think <laughs> um, he had eight catches last year for us. So you know, which you know if you'd have told me over under five catches for Brandon Zilstra, I probably would have said under. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is, you know, even that we're talking about Brandon Zilstra and like a real way here because it's quite possible that he will end up playing significant time for this team, you know, if somebody goes down. And how so, much I love Curtis Samuel. He's had trouble staying healthy. I mean, that's an issue. That's his deal. I mean, last year he was healthy. Like he started 15 games last year, yeah. Curtis Samuel did. So, um, but even I know some of those games he was banged up. Like, you know, the, 2018, I think he had the heart issues, so hard to ding him too much for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, Curtis Samuel, his first two years here, he played a total of 12 games. So hoping last year is, you know, kind of the, the way forward with him, health-wise at least. Yeah. But the rest of the guys, I mean, Ishmael Hyman, Damon, Jean-Bierre, <laughs> Keith Kirkwood, 
Kirth, Keith Kirkwood has a chance of making the roster. Yeah. Are you going to get a Hyman jersey? <laughs> I, I was going to say Keith Kirkwood stands a chance because he's a Temple guy. I'm just I'm just gonna skip your there your could be horrible some pretty funny jokes, Trayvante <laughs> could be Heights. Some, there could be some funny calls if Hyman makes the team. <laughs> I really hope Hyman breaks out during training camp. <laughs> Hyman just got blown up. <laughs> Blood everywhere. <laughs> Not funny, Jerry. I can't believe you took me down that road. I, um, I was not going <laughs> down that road. That was all you. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. I, I mean, outside of our top three guys, I have. I do not feel good about this. No, I think <laughs> Seth Robert. Group. I think Seth Roberts is going to be the guy fourth, and Pharaoh Cooper. But that's the thing about this whole team, right? Is there's just not a ton of depth. Like Mm-mm. we have, I think we have pretty solid starters across the board. Um, outside of tight end, um, the O line is still yeah outside shaky. of corner. Oh uh, cool. yeah, yeah O line is a little shaky, but like you know, overall this team we've got solid veteran guys or high end rookies that are going to be starting here. Mm-hmm. But after that, there's just not much. Yeah. No, I, I mean Cole Cole Luke is our number two corner after dante jackson right now eli apple is no eli apple is a starter and dante jackson is a starter yeah and cole luke is the second guy after dante jackson oh, what I'm saying. oh like, sorry i yeah, thought you sorry. spent yeah. second starter i was like no 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 i was saying cole luke like if dante jackson goes down cole luke is coming in for him that's what you really know? worries me about this season yeah. is it's going to be a track meet where teams are just throwing all over us and we face yeah. Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Matt Ryan. Yeah, Matt Ryan. Yeah. So, which Matt Ryan not too scary, but he's got good receivers on that team. I mean, you know, look at linebacker even, you know, Shaq Thompson's our starter. He goes down, Jermaine Carter Jr is coming in. Yeah. You know, Tahir Whitehead is our starter. If he goes down, Andre Smith is coming in. You know, it, and maybe um, one of those guys steps up. I mean, Jermaine Cartier has flashed in the past. He's had a couple of good things. You know, if Trey Boston goes down, guess who's coming in? Kenny Robinson. Quinn Blanding. Nah, Kenny Robinson. That's got that job. Kenny Robinson's listed as third right now. He's another guy that um, you another would, rookie that I think will, could really factor in training camp. Yeah, I, I think Kenny Robinson's. I think he has potential too. I think he. He kind of got shafted because he went to the XFL after some issues yeah. in college, and I think we may have gotten a steal with him. But we'll talk about him when we go over yeah. safeties. Um, it, so, I mean, overall, I, l- let me ask you this. In terms of wide receiver, uh, our wide receiver core, right, mm-hmm. should we go after anybody else to shore up some of the depth? This is again going to what what Joe Brady wants. Let's say you want to win as many games as you can. Let's say you want to win games. Again, it depends on what Joe Brady... If he's really going to run three, four receiver sets quite often, then yes, I think we do. But if we're going to not be that wide open, then maybe not. 
Because I don't think there's any way we go into the season and Farrow Cooper is our fourth wide receiver. I, I think it's Seth Roberts, to be honest with you. I think Farrow Cooper. I don't think there's any way we go into the the and Seth Roberts is our fourth receiver. I think fourth receiver is TBD, not on the roster right now. Okay. Going to come from a cut, going to come from. And that's why Jarius uh, Wright should have been kept. Because I think yeah. Jarius Wright would is have been. Is Jarius per- Wright on a team right now? Is I he was still at, out there? I am actually looking that up. I think he was signed with a. Somebody, uh, Buffalo or something? No, he's still no, he's a, free a free agent. agent. Yep. But he's 30. Bring him back. But he's 30 years old. You know this yeah, team is he's... not going to sign a 30-year-old. For one season, bring him in. Like, we, we signed a Kung. I mean, we brought we traded for him. Like, he's old. You know, for in terms of a football player, he's not old. But Jarius Wright was fine last year, you know? Uh, he struggled more last year than he did before, but at the same time, I, that whole roster kind of struggled, especially towards I the guess, end of the season. You know, you're you're right. There's probably guys out there that are better than Jarius Wright. I mean, it's not like you need to bring a guy in that knows the scheme because we got a brand new scheme, we got a brand new coaching staff mm-hmm. here. So it's not like ha- him having familiarity with the roster or the you know the scheme is means anything because it means nothing now. So who are the Top wide receiver free agents right now. NFL top free agents. Let's see. Just, yeah, there's nobody. Yeah. Chris Hogan's still out there. Um, Chris Hogan and Jarius Wright are two of the top four. Yeah. Sean Modster and Justin Hardy are listed up there. Jermaine Curse is out there. I can see us bringing in Jermaine Curse. Um, and this could be one of those things where you expect one of these undrafted guys to step up and that's yeah now jordan matthews remember jordan matthews mm-hmm. he's a free agent now what do you think the ceiling is for this group I, you know everybody stays healthy obviously it's going to depend a lot on teddy bridgewater and joe brady's scheme but the talent is there mm-hmm uh, I mean, I could easily see. I could easily see DJ Moore taking that next step and being a fourteen hundred yard guy. Uh, I could easily see Robbie Anderson. I could see us having two thousand yard wide receivers on this roster, and then Curtis Samuel's a wild card. I have no idea. Yeah, like he could be. He could be the le- the man that's left out, or he could step up and have eight nine hundred yards. And they could use him a lot in the rushing game, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, last year he was our leading wide receiver rusher. So, uh, I, this guy, I think there's a very high ceiling for this team uh, from the wide receiver core. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, and that's kind of what I was thinking, too. And who knows? Samuel may benefit from having DJ and Robbie Anderson on the outside, being able to chew up those linebackers that he gets matched up with occasionally. Yeah. If he's on the inside on slot, he's going to be playing against linebackers and safeties, and he's going to blow them away. Mm-hmm. So, not a lot of safeties or linebackers that are going to be faster than him. Yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm excited about that part of the team. I'm. I'm really excited about this offense in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Christian McCaffrey back there, a new quarterback who hopefully will stay healthy for the the entire season. Um, I think it could be really interesting and fun to watch. Yeah. So. This is kind of going to be a new segment we do during training camp, just kind of going over position groups, kind of discussing, you know, any battle possibilities and, you know, what we like, what we don't like. Um, 
Steven, do you have a group you want to go over next week or? Um, I think let's try to do like two groups a week. Okay. Um, maybe we'll do like a, an offense and a defense. Um, maybe we do, well, what do you think? I say we throw it up on Twitter. We'll throw up a okay. poll on Twitter yeah. for four or five days and we'll see what wins. So if you want to, you can go to our Twitter account at meow mix podcast and vote for what we vote or go over next. We're going to go over every position group by the end of it. Even a kicker for Joey Sly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some things to say. I know you do. Uh, (laughs) But as always, we want to thank everybody for listening to our show. Uh, Please let your friends know about the show if you like us. If not, just, you know, don't tell them that you hate us. (laughs) Just just download. Just download. Yeah. If you have any (laughs) questions or comments, you can email us at mailbox at meowmixpodcast.com. And if you leave us a five-star review with a comment on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it on our show. All right. Uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, next week. And hopefully, you know, if training camp actually goes off, we'll probably be back on a weekly basis uh, until the season starts, in which case we'll be back to our regular two to three podcasts a week. Um, so until next week, everybody, keep pounding. Money! Money! <laughs>